Today we're going to do something a little different. Uh, I know we advertised the sermon as the necessity of being filled with the Spirit. But I just felt the Lord say to go in a different direction. So I'm going to talk about prayer and then we're going to pray today. And we're going to spend a considerable amount of time praying. And I want you to pray with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Okay? No silent prayers in this place. Hallelujah. You see, we know that prayer first always comes from the heart. But it is not supposed to remain in the heart. It's supposed to come out of your lips and it's supposed to go into the atmosphere also so that the people around you are also blessed through your prayer. The presence of God manifests through your prayer. I notice that sometimes during the worship, many of us are just like this. Our lips are silent. There's nothing wrong with that, but don't let it be the way that you worship God all the time. It must be from the heart, but it must go out. If your faith cannot open your mouth, I don't know what else it will open. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about prayer. Have you all given? Glory to God. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And then Luke chapter 18. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Everyone say praying always. Praying always. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. God wants us to be praying always with all manners and kinds of prayer. In Luke chapter 18 verse 1. This is the parable that Jesus gives to his disciples about prayer. Then he spoke a parable to them. I'm not going to go through the parable. It's about persistence. The widow that keeps on going to the judge to demand what is her justice. It talks about persistence in prayer. But the main point is in verse 1. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Not lose heart. If you lose heart, you will stop praying. And your prayers will become monotonous, religious. And there will be no life in your prayer. Prayer is a sign of a healthy relationship with God. A Christian that prays regularly, persistently, and with all his heart is having a healthy relationship with God. In response to religious traditions and the forms of Christianity, we have coined this term called Christianity is not a religion, it is a relationship. How many of you believe that? Yes? And millennials love this saying, Christianity is not a religion, don't ask me to come to church, it is a relationship. All right. If you say Christianity is a relationship, let me ask you this, where is your prayer life? If you say, I have a relationship with God, I'm not interested in religion, show me your prayer life. Because if you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a relationship with God. Plain and simple. All the people in the balcony say, Amen. Everything that's in this book is meaningless to you if you don't pray. Every sermon that you hear, it means nothing to you if you don't take that sermon and go into the place of prayer and engage with God personally. This book is the means to an end. The book is not the end. Did you know that? 
It is a doorway to where you can engage with God personally through this book. It shows you who God is. It tells you how to believe. It shows you what promises are there. And it tells you you must pray. So by reading this, you must go into the place of prayer. But if you only are satisfied with this and reading books and listening to sermons, but you don't pray, you don't have a thriving, healthy relationship with God. And thereby, you're not going to experience the blessings, the power, the presence, the anointing, what God has prepared for you in this lifetime. See, prayer is not optional for the Christian. Prayer is not only for those serious Christians, those aunties who have nothing to do, those people in the prayer house. If you thought that was what prayer is, you are misguided and deceived. Prayer is essential for every Christian. Prayer is the call of every Christian. It's not only for pastors. Pastor, please pray for me. Please pray for me. And what do you do? You just watch TV the whole night, but you send prayer requests to everyone. You can survive for about six days, no, six, six weeks without food. I don't know about Nagas. They did not study the Nagas when they did this. But you can survive for about six weeks without food. You can survive for about three days without water. But you cannot survive for three minutes without breathing. Did you know that prayer is spiritual breathing? Prayer is breathing for your soul. Prayer is breathing for your spirit. And that's why many of us are dead spiritually. Or maybe not dead in the technical sense, but you are in a coma. You are in a spiritual coma. You are not awake. You're not aware of what's happening around the world in the spirit realm. I'm not talking about CNN and BBC. I'm talking about what is God doing around the world? What is God doing in Nagaland? What is God doing in your life? What season of God are you in? What is God showing you? Where is God leading? You're not aware. You are wandering like the Israelites in the wilderness. W-O-N-D-E-R-I-N-G. W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G. Wandering and wandering through life. Bumping into every little crisis here and there and facing anxieties, fears all the time. Why? Because you lack a healthy prayer life. Prayer is your spiritual lungs. Prayer is the spiritual lungs of the church. Prayer is essential for you. If you thought it was optional, then change your thinking today. You cannot live without prayer. And let me even say this, in the last days, you will not be able to face the persecutions, the temptations, the distractions, the deceptions of the enemy if you do not take your prayer life seriously. Far from just calling ourselves Pentecostals, charismatic, spirit-filled Christians, believers in God, the ultimate litmus test is our prayer life. Is your prayer life. The test of your faith is your prayer life. Because that is the only place where everything we have learned and read, we engage with God personally, one-to-one. Hallelujah. Look at Jesus' example. Look at Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Men always ought to pray. And so Jesus was always praying. Luke 5, 16. He himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Himself 
often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. If you look at Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it came to pass in those days, he went up to the mountains to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. All night, not 30 minutes, all night in prayer to God. See, Jesus prayed. And if Jesus prayed, we must pray. If Jesus himself, the Son of God, without sin, without imperfection, flawless, had to pray, Jesus had to pray. Did you know that he needed to pray? It was essential for him. He was not just functioning automatically in the glory and divinity of being a son of God. He left all of that behind, came as a man, submitted to the Holy Spirit who had to build a relationship with God. That's why the Bible says he grew in stature and wisdom and grace with God. He grew in his prayer life. He grew in his spiritual life. And that's why Jesus had to pray. If Jesus had to pray, what about you? Many of us think that we are exempt from prayer. We don't come for prayer meetings. I find it so hard to digest the fact that so many in this church, young people say, Pastor, I want to serve God. I want to be in the ministry. I want to be in the worship team. I want to be in this team. But you don't want to pray. You don't come for prayer. I'm like, duh. Where is your thinking? Ministry starts in prayer. Ministry starts in prayer, not on the pulpit, not by evangelizing out there. Do you know that fellowship is exciting? Evangelism is exciting. Being on the worship team is exciting because you're always with people. But prayer is different. And you don't like prayer because of your flesh. But let me tell you this, without prayer, no ministry. Because you are representing God. How can you say I represent God on the stage when you don't even take five minutes with Him? And I've been telling our staff, our pastors, if our volunteers and our leaders who say they want to serve God but they don't want to come for prayer meetings, don't include them even in the discussion for leadership. Because there's an area that we cannot trust in them if they are not committed to prayer. As plain and simple as that. I hope you all are watching and listening properly, even online. When is it going to hit you? Even after this, it doesn't hit you. My gosh. Maybe only when we hit you with a brick bat. Amen. Abraham always prayed. David prayed. Even when Samuel came to see who the future king was, and all of them lined up to be the future king, the tallest and the handsomest, where was Daniel? Where was David? David was with the sheep, worshiping God. Amen. Daniel was always praying. He was a prophet. He was in the king's palace, but he was always praying. Peter was always praying. He was on the rooftop praying and he entered into a trance. Paul was always praying. He always wrote to the churches established. I'm always praying for you, Timothy. I'm always praying for you, Titus. I'm always praying for the Ephesians church. He was always praying. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 9. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always, in my prayers, without ceasing, 
I make mention of you always in my prayers. With all the revelation Paul had about Jesus and the gospel, he prayed. He prayed. Making mention of you always. Not for himself, for people, people. See, the number one business of a Christian should be prayer. If a doctor's business is to save lives, shopkeeper to open a shop, electrician to wire, then a Christian's business is praying. A Christian who does not pray is a fake. And I'm saying that with all the grace that I have. You are a fake. Nakli. Chinese product. Maybe Bangladesh, who knows? But you are a fake. Because for you, Christianity is just a title. It's just a culture. It's not a reality yet. Amen. Number two, Jesus prayed very often. He withdrew often into the wilderness and he prayed. In other words, Jesus developed a lifestyle of prayer. He fell in love with prayer. He was communing with the Father. Jesus prayed a lot. He prayed without ceasing. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. In other words, he's saying, make prayer such a part of your life that you are not conscious you are praying, but you are praying all the time. You know, when you are young in the spirit and you pray a lot, many times you get conscious of yourself. You self-congratulate yourself. Now this, we're praying a lot. Now, oh, I'm praying so much. Now this, you start being conscious of how much you are praying. If you are conscious of how much you are praying, you are not yet developing prayer as a lifestyle because if you are a man of prayer, you are not conscious anymore about how much you are praying. You are just praying. You're not conscious about time. You're not conscious about this or that points. You are just praying because there's so many different needs that the Lord highlights to you and you're praying and praying and praying. Can you say amen? Discipline yourself to pray. Let every crisis response in your life be prayer first. You're going to the Dimapu, pray before you go. Body eat, pray before you eat. Someone gives you bad news about somebody in hospital, pray for that person. You are discouraged with news about corruption, pray for the ministers. You hear news about Afghanistan, pray first for Afghanistan. Because if you will respond to every crisis and bad news with prayer, there's also a defense mechanism of the spirit in your heart that the bad news does not allow to get into your heart and bring in fear and anger and hatred and bitterness. You are praying and you're pushing out, pushing out also. But it's not only for your protection. God begins to work in those people's lives. Can you say hallelujah? Jesus prayed often. The Son of God prayed often. How about you? Sons and daughters of God. Is Jesus our example? See, you need to pray often. Don't wait for Sunday when you come to church to pray. Don't wait for that first month of the year where Nagas love to go to prayer houses and pray. Pray every day. Pray every time you get. Someone once asked Smith Wigglesworth, uh, how often do you pray? How long do you pray? He says, I don't know. I usually just pray about 15 minutes. I don't pray long, but you know, every 15 minutes I'm praying. So he was always praying. Even though he didn't pray long, he was always praying. I hope you get that point. 
Number three, Jesus went to lonely places to pray. He withdrew often into the wilderness to pray. So what this tells me is that prayer is a lonely exercise. Prayer is a lonely exercise. It's between you and God. Even though you come to the church and pray, it's between you and God. It's not between you and your neighbor and the pastor on the church pulpit saying, come on, pray, pray, pray. It's between you and God. Now, we have corporate prayer because we want to teach you about prayer and make you fall in love with the presence of God as you pray so that when you go back home, you continue that prayer life. But prayer, in essence, is the lonely exercise. It's between you and God. Christians fall in love with so many other things in the church except prayer. Fellowship is fun, exciting. You eat food, you laugh, you joke, you go to house to house, life groups, it's fun. Being part of a ministry team where you are ushering or where you are uh, on the pulpit, it's also easier than prayer because it's always with people. You're always with people. But when it comes to prayer, it's between you and God. Amen. So when you have this serious commitment, I'm going to pray. I'm going to go to the prayer meeting. Don't be surprised if your friends don't join you. Don't be surprised if your friends don't want to come. Because prayer is a lonely exercise. Few Christians understand the need for prayer. Prayer is essential. Essential. That means you cannot do without it. You know why sometimes you keep on sending prayer requests to this person, to this person, to that person, to that person. Please pray for me. Please pray. I'm struggling with this. Please pray. I'm full of worries. It's because you yourself don't pray. And when you pray, you're not praying with faith. But if you will only get down on your knees and seek God with all your heart, the Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You will find all your answers in the place of prayer. God doesn't want you to be dependent always on the pastors and the prayer warriors. God wants you to get on your knees by yourself and seek Him. And there when you will discover the strength, the grace, the power, the potential He's going to bring out through your life. Amen. The fourth thing we see is this. Jesus was filled with power. Jesus was filled with the presence of God. Jesus experienced miracles always. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus had the wisdom all the time to say the right words. Why? Because of his prayer life. The outward ministry of Jesus was a direct result of his inward ministry of prayer before God. I hope you got that. We look at people and we say, oh, you are so blessed. Oh, you are so strong. Oh, you are so gifted. Oh, you're so always like God's always blessing you. We look at the externals. We get impressed and we want that. So we want those people to pray for us, thinking that somehow what they have we will also get. But we don't pray ourselves. God will give you more in your personal place of prayer than me laying hands upon you. For us, laying hands upon you is like when the car battery is dead, we bring another car battery and we join the cables together so that this car battery will get into life again. So when we lay hands upon you, it's like that. We're just releasing a jolt of the Spirit so that you will wake up again and start running. But you wake up for five minutes and you stop running and you get dead again. The battery is dead. When will Pastor Sean lay hands on me again? See, if that's your 
highlight of your spiritual life is a sign that you are not praying. Why do Christians experience highs and lows, highs and lows? It's because of a weak prayer life. Hallelujah. See, you and I will experience the same as Jesus when we pray. Hallelujah. The command to pray always comes with the promise. The promise that He will answer. The promise that He will show up. Look at Matthew chapter 7, 7 to 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. What man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your fathers in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. The command to pray comes with the promise of God answering. That's why in James chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and He will direct you. He will cause you to walk in His ways. Hallelujah. Look at Psalms 31, verse 3. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Amen. Hallelujah. The promise of guidance comes with prayer. The promise of God answering our needs is in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. See, you do not have to be a special Christian, a special man to have a prayer life. Let's go to James chapter 5 verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Elijah was a man just like us. In other words, God is saying, do you know Elijah? The Elijah of the Old Testament who called on fire from heaven, who killed 450 prophets of Baal. The Elijah of the Old Testament who when he prayed, the rain stopped, and he prayed again, the rain came. Did you know that? I know that many of you are thinking that he was someone special, but God is telling us, Elijah was a man like us. In other words, there was nothing special about Elijah. Don't think that Elijah's prayer was special, so only Elijah can come and pray, and then wonderful things will happen. So if someone like Elijah, a prophet from South India will come, or from China will come, and he comes and prays here, something wonderful will happen, but when I pray, I don't expect anything to happen. That's the mentality of many Christians. But God is telling us, Elijah was a man just like us. Nothing special about him, except that he had faith, and the Holy Spirit worked through him. And you also are just like Elijah. In fact, you have a greater privilege than Elijah because now you are born again. You are washed of your sins. The Holy Spirit lives within you. And so, God gave this example here in James to tell you that if you will also pray, God will answer your prayer. You can expect miracles when you pray. Hallelujah. Can we say Amen. 
You don't need a special calling for prayer. You don't need a special anointing for prayer. You don't need a special gift for prayer. Now we know that we have a lot of prayer people in prayer houses and they are dedicated to prayer, but it's because they've just decided by their faith to go into a place of prayer and because they pray a lot, they carry the gifts and the anointing of God upon their lives. But it doesn't mean that only some people can pray and the rest of Christians cannot pray. You can have a vibrant prayer life just like Elijah. Hallelujah. Expect the same. Can you say amen? How do we pray? Very simple. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we always pray to the Father. But Jesus says, when you pray to the Father in my name, we pray in his name. In Mark 16, he says, in my name, you will cast out demons. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick. In my name, you will speak with new tongues. So we always pray in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the key. Amen. But prayer is not only just asking, begging, demanding. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Always start with praise. Always start with adoration. Always start with ministering to the Lord. Giving to the Lord. Giving Him. How? Praise. Thanksgiving is giving. Praise is more than saying praise the Lord three times. Nothing wrong in saying praise the Lord three times, but praise is bigger, deeper, and greater than saying praise the Lord. Praise is ministering to the Lord from your heart, from your lips, from your hands, from your bodies, from your knees, every part of your being. You are giving Him the glory due His name. And you can praise Him with the tambourine. You can praise Him with the instruments, with the drums. You can praise Him with your feet. You can praise Him with the flags. You can praise Him with every expression that you can see in the scriptures. Amen. So praise, thanksgiving, worship is a part of prayer. Very simple. Pray for his kingdom on the earth. It's not only asking for yourself. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So praying for others as Paul always prayed. Praying for different churches. Praying for the body of Christ. Praying for revival to come to Nagaland. Praying for Nagaland. Praying for the nations, Afghanistan, Israel. Praying for, for Burma. It is all the will and purpose of God. And God was us first to focus on His kingdom rather than on our needs. Many times Christians focus directly on their needs. When they are having a crisis, their prayer life is big and long. When there's no crisis, there's no prayer. But did you know that there's always something in the kingdom of God that needs prayer? Always somebody that needs prayer. Praying for a brother who is in alcohol. Praying for a sister who is in the hospital. Praying for some family that's going through difficulty. That is God's will for you and me. Praying for Prime Minister Modi. It's God's will for you. You don't need... An angel will come and tell you, pray for these needs. Jesus said, pray in this manner. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth. Not in my life. Always my life, right Christians? Or my wife. Or my daughter. My son. My, 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 my. As long as I shine, it doesn't matter if everyone else is in darkness. Christians, you selfish you. Yeah, Christians are selfish. They pray for themselves or they pray for their own tribe. 
Many times in prayer meetings, tribes, Lord, let the tribe have ESC. Let the tribe have IAS. Come on, let's be honest. Do not have tribes pray like that? Nothing wrong with that. Why don't you pray for the tribe you don't like to have IAS officer? You never prayed, right? Let's be honest. The tribe that you don't like, your bordering tribe who steals your land, have you ever prayed the tribe will have IS officers and IPS officers and good leaders? No, in a general way, when you pray for Nagaland, we can pray. But for that tribe, difficult to pray. For your tribe, you want all the blessings of heaven. Selfish. See, we got to pray for His kingdom. It's only in prayer we will grow to love the purposes of God for His kingdom. Because in the place of prayer, there's an exchange taking place. In the place of prayer, you may go in as a rank sinner. You may go in as someone struggling with addictions. You may go into the place of prayer full of depression and doubts and anxieties. And you may feel like you are the furthest person from God. But you just go by faith and you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray. And as you are praying, God is doing operation in your spirit. God is doing operation in your soul. He's removing things. He's putting new things. You may not feel it. You may not see it. But just stay in prayer. Because you will surely change in the place of prayer. You will surely transform. But you've got to make it a lifestyle, not an event. Christianity is not an event. I got a text from someone saying, are we going to have transformation crusade? Because I'm just waiting for transformation. Because that's the time when I was really feeling close to God. I'm like, my gosh, if you never have transformation crusade, then you will never get close to God. My fault, sorry. <laughs> Christianity is not an event. It's a lifestyle. Amen. God wants us to pray for our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, nothing wrong in praying for car, houses, nothing wrong. As long as it's for your needs, not for your greed. Lead us not into temptation. Ask for God's protection from the enemy. Do you know that you can pray that God will protect you from temptation, from Satan? See, in the place of prayer, as you are praying, God gives you spiritual insight. God washes you in His presence. He makes your eyesight, your spiritual eyesight sharper so that as you go into the world, you will be perceiving of your enemies, deception. God will just protect you. People who pray a lot usually overcome temptations. But Christians who don't pray usually succumb to temptations. Not that they are bad. It's just the reality. Prayer is designed to strengthen you. Prayer is designed to keep you protected from Satan, from his plans, his attacks, his temptations. Prayer is designed to strengthen you, to keep you from falling back into your always. It is prayer. Because as you pray, the Holy Spirit works. And by the Spirit, God is subduing your flesh. By the Spirit, God is transforming you. By the Spirit, God is cleansing you from the filthiness of the flesh, the body, the spirit, the soul. It is in prayer. That who you are in identity, son of God, you will bring forth into reality in your actions, in your day-to-day -day life. 
So pray for your needs, your spiritual life, your own revelation and understanding, for your faith to grow, for other needs against the temptations of Satan. Hallelujah. Let me give you some quotes about prayer. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. You know who said this? Someone we think may not pray a lot because we know him more for his writings. Martin Luther said this, if you are a Christian without prayer, it's like being alive without breathing. Charles Spurgeon said this, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Every time you pray, you are transacting. You are releasing your cares and you're taking his peace. You know, Jesus says, I've come that you may have abundant life. John 10, 10. Not just life, but abundant life. He wants to give you abundant joy, abundant peace. He says, my peace I give to you. Abundant victory. He says, I've overcome the world, right? So Jesus wants us to give his life, but this life is experienced usually in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. It's a spiritual transaction. If you believe in prayer at all, expect God to hear you. If you do not expect, you will not have. God will not hear you unless you believe He will hear you. But if you believe He will, He will be as good as your faith. Why can we pray powerful prayers? Because God said, whenever you pray anything according to my will, He hears us. He hears us. See, sometimes it's difficult for Christians to imagine, how can I see God who is invisible? Have you ever wondered? We tell you, see God with all your heart. Where? Where? Is he in Dimapu? Is, is God in Jerusalem? Where is God? Or maybe he's in the mountain. So we go up to the mountain and we're like, God, where are you? Have you ever done that? I did that a couple of times when I was a young believer. I would go to my bedroom and shout, God, where are you? And I would open my eyes expecting that he would just show up. But did you know that when you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray, sometimes he just shows up. How do you know? You don't see him with your eyes. You just know in your heart, someone is here with me. The atmosphere has changed. I sense the presence of God. Where do you find God? You find God in spirit and in truth. In the word, truth, in spirit from your heart and you pray. Don't go looking for him under the rock somewhere, behind the jungle somewhere. He's in the spirit. That means you cannot see him, you cannot touch him, but by faith in him from your heart, as you seek him, you will surely find him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Believe that he hears you every time you pray. E.M. Bounds said this, prayers outlive the lives of those who have uttered them. Outlive a generation, outlive an age, outlive a world. Your prayers can go far ahead of you. Your prayers can go to your great-grandchildren. Your prayers can go into 2025, 2051, 2099. Your prayers can go there. How exciting is this, yeah? It's not only about, Lord, help me, forgive my sins. No. You're praying out your future. Hallelujah. 
Andrew Murray said this, prayer is not monologue, but dialogue. God's voice is the most essential part. Listening to God's voice is a secret of the assurance that he will listen to mine. So when you're praying, listen. Listen, pray, pray, listen, listen, pray. Silence is a part of prayer, but not all the time silent. All right? To desire revival and at the same time to neglect personal prayer and devotion is to be wishing one way and walking another way. So for people who desire to serve God in the ministry, desire to be used by God and neglect your prayer life, you are wishful thinking. You are in la-la land. Amen. William Gurnall said this, Satan cannot deny that great wonders have been brought by prayer. As the spirit of prayer goes up, his kingdom comes down. Satan knows the power of prayer more than you. <laughs> That's why he doesn't want you to pray. Satan knows the power of prayer more than you. The devil is aware that one hour of close fellowship, hearty conversation with God in prayer is able to pull down what he has brought into your life for even a year. A godly man is a praying man. As soon as grace is poured in, prayer is poured out. Prayer is the soul's traffic with heaven. God comes down to us by His Spirit and we go up to Him by prayer. D.L. Moody said this, Every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. Samuel Chadwick said this, The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. And Christians will do everything else except pray. E.M. Bound said this, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better or new organizations, or more and more methods of ministry, but men who have the Holy Spirit that God can use, men of prayer, mighty in prayer. The Holy Spirit does not come on machinery. The Holy Spirit does not anoint buildings. The Holy Spirit doesn't anoint instruments. The Holy Spirit anoints men. So what the church needs today is people who are willing to pray. Dan Hayes said this, All I know is that when I pray, coincidences happen. That means beautiful things begin to take place. God just begins to move. But he also said this, When I don't pray, they don't happen. All things work together for good to those who love God. When you pray, God begins to work in your life. Hallelujah. J. Sidlow Baxter said this, Men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our person, but they are helpless against our prayers. Helpless against our prayers. Come, all stand to our feet. We are going to pray. How many of you are excited? For the next one hour, we're going to pray. Turn to your neighbor and say, For the next one hour, you're going to hear my voice. Hallelujah. So how do we pray first? We're going to follow the principle in 
the Lord's Prayer. First, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Means we honor and give respect to your name. So what we're going to do, we're going to start with praise and thanksgiving and ministering to the Lord. How long? As long as your heart desires. You see, keep the secret of prayer. Pray till from your heart you know that you have praised Him to satisfaction. Don't be time conscious. Don't be body conscious. Don't be, I have run out of words conscious. Be heart conscious because the Holy Spirit is here. He will teach you to pray. Pray till your heart is satisfied that I have blessed Him right now. And do it loud. Open your mouth. No silent praising here. I'm serious. No silent praising. I want all of you to open your mouth and praise God. Why? Because I want to teach you how to pray. How to praise God. Amen. Are you ready? Come on. Let's praise the Lord right now and give thanks to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you and we praise you. Our Father in heaven, you are my Father. You are my Creator. You are my beginning. You are the Lord who loves me with an everlasting love. You are my Father, Lord. That means you made me. Hallelujah. You designed me. You formed my days. You formed every part of my being. And you are the Lord who dwells in glory in heaven. The angels shout, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So Lord, I say, holy you are. Holy you are. Holy you are. You are my Lord God Almighty. And I bless you today, Father. You are El Shaddai. You are Elohim. You are Yahweh. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Tzitkenu. You are Jehovah Shama. You are the Almighty God that dwells in the heavens of heavens. Hallelujah. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And I bless you, Lord. I worship you. And I thank you today for the blood that has cleansed me of all my sins. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for me. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For the grace, the sacrifice of my Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you that you washed me. You made me born again. You gave me new life. I thank you, Lord, that you have filled me with your Holy Ghost and you have given me, hallelujah, hope and courage, O oh Lord, to trust in you. I thank you, Lord, for every blessing that I have experienced and received. I thank you, Lord, that I have health. I thank you, Lord, that I have a sound mind. I thank you, Lord, you have given me love. I thank you, Lord, for my family. I thank you for the church. I thank you, Lord, hallelujah, for all that you have done in and through my life and in through the church. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for you are so, so, so good. You are so, so, so good, Lord. And I bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, I bless you. I minister to you. Blessings and glory and honor and power be unto your name. Be unto your name. Be unto your name. Be unto your name. Oh, for you are the one, Jesus, who is worthy to open the scroll. You are worthy to sit on the throne in heaven. You are worthy, hallelujah, to have the name above all names, the name of Jesus. You are worthy to be my Lord, my King. 
Hallelujah. You are worthy to be my master. And I worship you today. I bless you, Lord God. Oh, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you, oh Lord. Oh, I bless you. I worship you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I bless you. You are so, so good, Lord. Lord, you are so, so good. And we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, zida la bari andale da bari andale da bari kena. Zobri andale da mari andale da bari andale da bari kena. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We magnify your holy name. For you are worthy. For you are worthy. Come on, worship him. You are worthy, worthy, worthy. You are Jehovah. You are Elohim. Oh, you are the everlasting God. And I will bless you all the days of my life. You are Elohim. You are Jehovah. Show me, Mama, just the keys, just the keys. Show me, Mama, Nena, Madi, Andere, Mandere, Andere, Oh, we bless you, Lord. Oh, we praise you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. If you want to just go down on your knees and just worship Him, even for a minute, go down on your knees. Come on, just go down on your knees and just worship Him for a minute. Just give Him, give Him, give Him your devotion. Not only your words, but your affection, your devotion, your commitment. Hallelujah. Just go down on your knees, even for a minute, and just bless Him. If you have never done it, go ahead. Let today be the day you step out of the boat and do something you have not done in humility and say, Lord, I worship you. I bow down to you. Like the 24 elders that threw their crowns at your feet. Today, I throw the crown of my pride, my own dignity at your feet. And I bow down in worship. Oh, we worship you, Lord. <laughs> we worship you. So, there's someone here, God is delivering you from depression. Even as you kneel down, God is delivering you from depression right now. Oh, ribane nambroko basto. Jebri Kamash, the Lord is touching you in your heart, even as you kneel down. And that anxiety and that fear, that panic is being destroyed. Oh, Ribana Banabasto, we worship you, worship you, worship you, Lord. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. We bless your name. We worship you, O oh Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we bless you. You can stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Then Jesus said, Pray. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does his kingdom look like? It looks like his power, his presence, his will, his healing. Hallelujah. What does his kingdom look like? Hallelujah. We're going to pray for people in your family who needs Jesus. Pray for people you know that are in alcohol, in drug addiction. Pray for people you know, your own family members that need breakthrough in their lives, that need God. Pray for the drug addicts, the young people. There's, do you know that there's a new epidemic of heroin addiction in Nagaland? There's a new epidemic again of Spasmo, cough syrup, hashish is rising up again. Come and pray for God's intervention, God's salvation for a young generation. Come on, let's pray first, like now, for souls, for souls, pray for souls. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for souls, O oh Lord, souls in Nagaland to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for a mighty harvest of souls, O oh Lord the God. Father, we pray especially for those of other faiths, Lord God, the Hindus, the Muslims, the Buddhists, O oh Lord. Father, we pray that, Lord, you would release the fire of God from heaven that will open their eyes to the knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ and that they will give their lives to Jesus, O oh Lord of God. Father, we pray, O oh Lord of oh God, hallelujah. Father, Lord God, hallelujah for laborers to be sent into the harvest field. More laborers, Lord God, send into the harvest field. Lord God, that the harvest be brought forth, O oh Lord of God. Father, we pray for the precious fruit of the earth, souls to be saved. Souls, Lord. In India, we pray for souls, O oh Lord. Souls that, Lord, hundreds and thousands and millions will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let there be a mighty move of revival through the church all across this nation, Lord God, that souls are brought into your kingdom. And Father, we pray for Nagaland, especially young people, O oh Lord, who are struggling in drug addiction, heroin addiction, cough syrup addiction. Oh Lord God, pills addiction. Father, we pray for these people. Father, we ask that you will intervene. Father, intervene in their lives and deliver these people who are bound in addictions to be set free by the power of the Spirit, by the power of your love, oh Lord. Father, we pray for the power of God to minister to our young generation in Nagaland. Even so many in homosexuality, so many lesbians and homosexuals. Father, touch them by the power of God. Turn their eyes to the truth that they will know you, Lord. So many in immorality. Father, turn their heart from the things of sin and Satan to the things of God. Father, we pray, Lord God, 
for a move of God in our young generation that Lord many of these young people will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ oh Lord the God we pray for the sick we pray for the lost we pray for the broken oh the sick in the hospital today in referral hospital in the ICU in Kohima those that are sick with COVID Father we pray for the fire of God even as we pray release fire of God upon their bodies in Jesus mighty name and destroy that virus from their bodies destroy that sickness from their bodies and release healing into their bodies oh Lord in the mighty name of Jesus Pour out your mercy, pour out your grace upon the lost, the broken, the hurting in other land, Lord God. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We have a couple of prayer requests. My son, Mese Wapong Chang, suffering from seizure, asking for prayer. Henchet, he needs prayer because he's going through difficult things in his life. Let's pray for these two people right now. Mesa Wapong and Henchet. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Mesa Wapong right now and we ask that Lu will touch his body and heal him from the seizures in his brain. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask for the hand of God upon his head, upon his brain and drive away every effect of that seizure, every difficulty, infirmity in the brain we ask is healed in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we pray for Henchet and I pray that Lord, you will bless him, touch him and cause him, Lord, to experience your love and your grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, O Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord God. We believe you hear our prayers, oh Lord. Thank you, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Next, we're going to pray for Faith Harvest Church and also for other churches. Pray over the church. Pray for the members. Pray for God's purpose and vision for this church to be fulfilled. Pray for more churches to be planted in India. Pray for more churches to be planted in Myanmar, pray for our pastors in Myanmar. Seven of them pray for our pastors in Assam, in Nagaland. Another seven to eight of them. Pray for our leaders. Pray for every member. Pray for every family in this church to be protected, to be prospering. Pray for every young person. Pray for the kingdom kids. And also pray for other churches that God will release revival upon the other churches in Nagaland and bless them. Amen. Come, let's pray for the body of Christ because it is His kingdom. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your faith. Lift up your voices. God hears your prayer. I want you to know God hears your prayer. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray for Faith Harvest Church. And we thank you for this church. And we pray that Lord, your purpose and your plan over this church will surely come to pass. 
Father, we pray for the vision, the vision to go to the nations that Lord, you will bless it, you will propel it and you will raise up a generation of young men and women who are willing to go to the nations from this church, raise the pastors and teachers and evangelists and apostles and prophets that will be going out of this church to the nations, oh Lord of God. Hallelujah, Father, I pray that Lord, you will pour out Lord, your grace of revival so that, Lord, families are revived. Oh, Lord, young people are revived. Oh, Lord God, that your wisdom is upon the leadership of this church, your grace, your protection over every family, every youth, every children of this church, oh, Lord of God. I pray that they are walking into your purpose. They are walking into your fulfillment, oh, Lord of God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that not a single one the Lord will fall from the calling, will fall from the walk with you, O Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we pray, O Lord of God, for your kingdom to be released upon this church. Lord God, the anointing and the grace to be an apostolic church, O Lord, to make an impact in India, even the media ministry, TV, Lord. If it is your will, Lord, open the doors for us to go into TV ministry, O Lord of God. Hallelujah. It is time, it is time, it is time, church. It is time to rise up. It is time to take your place. It is time to shine. It is time to rise up. Let the vision come to pass, Lord God. Oh, we pray for churches to be planted. We pray for the pastors in Myanmar. Bless them, protect them, use them, Lord. Let mighty harvest of souls come in Myanmar through them. We pray for our pastors in Dimapur in Assam. Lord, let your blessing be upon them. Use them mightily, Lord God, for mighty harvest of souls, O oh Lord of oh God. Hallelujah. Lord, expand the territory, O oh Lord of oh God. Even into Central India and into South India, Lord God. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.